Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. Hi. Hello. My name is Amelie Wenjiao, and I am the author of the Blood Air Trilogy. It's a YA epic fantasy about a princess who has to fight her way back to the throne and partner with a conman. Um, and I am originally from Beijing, currently living in New York and quarantining in California. So I've been stuck here since last March um, when we flew for a two week vacation and just stayed here until now. <laughs> wow, wow. And I always ask specifically on this season just to check in, how are you doing? And I say that lightly, obviously, with all things um, considering in, in regards to family, um, how are you all kind of making out? Yeah, so I think the most interesting conversations I've had um, is that with a lot of my friends here, um, the pandemic started kind of last March. But for me, uh, my family's all in Beijing and all my friends. And so that's kind of started in December or January. I was already starting to wear my face masks and being very cautious. And then all my friends here were like, no, it's not going to blow up. And it did. Um, but all things considered, um, it's been good. Uh, we are quarantining uh, with, I'm quarantining with my fiance and his brother and uh, friends. So it's it's been a good environment. Very fortunate um, to have a stable roof over my head and food and um, mm -hmm. a job. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just waiting out. I got my first job two days ago. So just okay. hoping things will turn for the better. Awesome, awesome. And your family in Beijing, are they making out? okay yeah actually they've been like china has um been back to normal life since mm -hmm. around like last summer i would say mm -hmm. so they were they would freak out and be like yeah today we had a found a cluster of 60 cases and i was like we're at like 60k per day in the u.s over here <laughs> Um, so they, they've been fine, just still being very cautious and quarantining, uh, but it's life's pretty much back to normal. Yeah, um, awesome. There. That's nice to hear. That's nice to hear. Um, I mean, I'm so interested in your story because you've touched on it a little bit in the beginning, just like all the multiple places that you, you've lived and being born in Paris. like. And I didn't even know now you're living in California. Like, there's so many things I want to dig into. Um, but can you talk about just like growing up with those multiple identities and the different experiences that you've had? And obviously, it's a long, this is a long story, um, but the multiple experiences that you've had in, in those different places and kind of how they shaped you, I guess, um, to be the yeah. person that you are today. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I think that, so to start with being born in Paris, I think I'd start with my parents' story, which is that um, after the Chinese Cultural Revolution, they were the first group of young like scholars who were allowed to go and study overseas. Um, mm -hmm. And so they ended up um, testing out, it was one of the top, there were 10 spots to go to France, I think, and they ended up testing out and going there for grad school. 
Um, and they, it was the typical like poor Asian immigrant story. Like they slept on cardboard boxes with like cockroaches and everything. Um, and so I was born there and that's, that's where my name comes from. Um, it's some talking about identities. Like my whole name is like a little short summary of my identity, Ameli, and then Wen Zhao is Chinese. So I spent my first five years there. Um, and I actually started off with speaking Chinese and French. Um, and then reading like all my uh, media and books that I read were in those two languages. So at the age of six, um, I we went back to China to Beijing and it was a pretty drastic shift, like no more cafes and everything in Riverside promenades. <laughs> and it was like dustier streets. Um, it was like 2000s Beijing and it was already starting to see like a lot of development and economic growth, but it was still like, there were no diapers for babies. Wow. So it wow. was a huge adjustment. Um, and then I started learning English in elementary school. So um, I got dropped off at, you might know this, the Yao Zhong International School. Mm -hmm. It's a Hong Kong mm -hmm. Cantonese school. And I didn't know a word of English. So I just sat there and slowly, slowly picked it up. Um, and so I spent my childhood all up until I was 18 years old in China, in an international community. Um, and then I came to the US for college. So I went to UCLA first, and then I decided to transfer to the finance hub, um, NYU, where I went to their um, undergrad business school and then graduated and started working in finance. And then wow. somehow it gets crazier, but now I'm writing books. <laughs> so wow, wow. super bag for you there. Wow, that's so <laughs> interesting. And, the, and my other question was, did you like, did you ever think you're like when you were younger like this is was the life that you were going to be living like, um, like what, were your, <laughs> what were your thoughts when you were younger yeah not at all um i i always kind of felt a little out of place when i was young because like i was the only kid who was you know who came back from france but i'm a chinese citizen um and so going to international schools there it's for mostly for kids who are not of Chinese citizenship or of the country of citizenship where it's established. And so it was a little jarring to see like so many references to like, you know, Western and American pop culture, etc. Um, but as always, as a little kid, I had loved reading um, and I loved just like, it's how I started learning. It started with the Harry Potter books that I found at our coveted Scholastic Book Fairs. Um, and then I started reading those and getting better and better at English. And then I started writing stories. So I remember I was in fourth grade uh, when one of my teachers read this little poem I wrote and to like this little Chinese girl, he was just like, wow, this is the best poem I've ever read. And that kind of just sparked the idea. Um, like someday I want to do something related to writing. Um, yeah, but with the Asian mom, like she's always like, yeah, you're going to be a starving artist, you know? And there are also like, there are also technical issues for me to be in the US uh, without a visa. Um, because publishing doesn't really sponsor like work visas for internationals. So I decided to pursue finance, a practical field, I guess, and then just write on the side. Um, and then it just worked out for me very wow. luckily. Wow, wow. And I have so many questions about that because living, spending a lot of my time in Southeast Asia, 
we both my wife and I taught in Singapore as well um, and you speak about your mom and uh, you also speak about being a starving artist because oftentimes and I've had this conversation so many times specifically on this podcast because I'm talking to uh, creatives who don't follow the traditional path of um, jobs that most people think are going to give them like security um, for their family and I often hear like yeah if you're going to be a writer this is going to be really hard um, but you should also do something else just in case so I guess one of my questions is like was that difficult for you um, as a writer um, kind of letting your family know like this is something that I wanted to do or were you okay or were they okay because you had already had the um, the other part of like your job in regards to um, being a financial professional as well. Yeah, <laughs> I think for me, it was it was not a tough conversation because I was already on a career track to be a young, a young finance professional. Um, and I was I was writing on the side. Um, mm-hmm. So my parents, my parents actually are pretty. There's a Chinese term called, I guess, artsy youth (laughs) Mm. um and they um studied like the arts before when they um when they were in school so they loved it um but they also chose practical career fields so Mm -hmm. I think there's always been that kind of like atmosphere my family um but they were they were extremely happy and they were like you know as long as you can support yourself um Mm -hmm. You know, just go for it, and we are here for you. I love that. Um, I love that. I love yeah. that. And I think I do think it's one of those things where any, I think most families, anybody would feel a little bit something if someone isn't doing the traditional path to success. Like it's just it's just scary in general. So of course, the natural feeling for most people, I think, is just to ask a lot of questions, um, dig a little bit, make sure you're completely sure that is what you want to do. So that is so. I think it's so normal or natural for someone to to feel that way. Um, When you speak about being a financial professional, like what exactly is that? Um, Can you share a little bit about your other job on top of writing? (laughs) Yeah. um, So I, so I actually took a sort of gap year to finish out the trilogy because it was just very, very difficult to um, write three books while working full-time um, at a bank, but I will be resuming my job within the next month, um, actually. So what I did or do is I work at a bank um, as a client manager or sales representative for corporate Asian clients. So I focus um, leveraging my skills in Chinese and my background. I focus on developing um, projects and business opportunities um, for city or for my bank uh, with big Asian clients and specifically Chinese clients in America. Cool. Cool. So very quickly, can you share any advice to anyone that's just like starting out with like saving or getting into money like what is what's some advice that you could share with with our audience um <laughs> that's such a hard question because my dad my friends will come to me with like accounting questions and I'm like I'm not an accountant um I would I don't I'm pretty like I'm pretty reasonable with uh saving like I won't like a lot of my friends love to window shop and buy things that you know, they might not need or like impulse buys. And I don't do any of that. Um, I think that like, it's, I think personal finance is a course that should really be taught either in high school, senior year or in college, because 
like learning to do my taxes, even I'm an accounting major, but it's corporate accounting, not personal accounting. And that was still really, really confusing. So I think that's a super great question that, and I think that it should be taught as a full-time mm-hmm. class at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, and I, and I asked that also because like, I just remember growing up specifically in my community to like, finances and money was important of course but it was never talked in regards to like strategy Mm -hmm. same with like in school like I think at the youngest age level like I teach elementary so I have third grade kids I think why not giving them some sort of like financial um like not necessarily course or just like giving them an introduction to like how do you take care of money why is money important like those things I think could really help them um in the long run based on just how do you save how do you talk like stocks bonds like little things like that I think could be Mm -hmm. really really um, helpful for students early on because I didn't see it until high school and I had to purposefully like sign up for that course because it was being offered so um, you answered that well I did like a volunteer program for the finance majors uh, Mm -hmm. at my school to go teach like personal finance in like high schools um, during college throughout the U.S. And it Mm -hmm. was just like just there's no concept of like, you know, savings and then like what you spend and credit, et cetera. So I think that would be really useful. Yeah, I think so, too. I think so, too. Amelia, what do you like to do outside of um, working at a bank and doing lots of writing? What do you like to do? (laughs) <laughs> um obviously the writer's answer is going to be reading um which I do a lot of um but outside of that I love consuming documentaries I'm especially I love history um so I've been like binging this Chinese history documentary that I'm absolutely loving um and then in general I also love eating <laughs> so when when it's a non-pandemic and when I'm like you know allowed to able to go outside and eat I love trying out different cuisines and or mm-hmm. like just binging on like spicy Chinese food mm-hmm. um and then just like I think a lot of education which ties back to the documentaries and history stuff mm-hmm. so those mm-hmm. are my other interests I also read that I think you like traveling as well um traveling yeah I've been, yeah I've been stuck here so Funny story, my passport expired two months into the lockdown. I had been planning to renew it. Um, so I haven't been able to leave the country, but for good oh, reason, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Uh, waiting for that to open up and to be able to travel again. Wow. Where if you could pick one place to travel, where would I'm assuming it would be I wanna say home, but I don't know. Like where where would you go? Like what would where would you go if you were able to travel? Definitely home. Uh it's been over it's been two years since I've been able to go back counting the pandemic year um, and there's just so much to see in China especially with how much it's been developing um, there's just so much to learn and I just feel like I'll never learn enough of the history and the culture of all the different regions and mm-hmm. people there so yeah mm-hmm. I, I would wow. definitely China for me wow wow so I just have a few more questions for you um, I think the Second to last question is, what is something most people don't know about you? Um, that could just be, it could be anything from something you don't like, uh, personality traits, anything. Um, I think most people, um, like when they tell me their first impressions, they're like, oh, you're super put together, you know, very professional from your corporate 
corporate job days. Um, but I have like a super goofy side, my fiance and close friends will tell you. Um, and recently I've unleashed this meme brain into making like a lot of content for TikTok and for reels. And they've got like one of my reels has like 1.6 million views and I'm just like, I'm so glad that there's somewhere for me to use my mean brain and entertain people mm -hmm. while I'm at it. So I think that's my new fun fact. That is so cool. You'll have, to, you'll have to share that with me because I'm so interested <laughs> in what that looks like. It's probably so fun. It's probably so fun. <laughs> 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 and what are some things you mentioned that you enjoy reading? Uh, what are some books out there that you've been currently reading or would like to read? Okay, they're right here. So first off, um, the book that I'm currently devouring is Beasts of Prey by Ayana Gray, who is a fantastic friend and has showed me a ton of like interest into baby elephants for some reason. Um, it is about two uh, teens in a magical and dangerous jungle on a hunt for a beast of prey. And it's based on uh, Pan-African mythology and lore, and it's well-written. Um, and my next book is The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. I am super, super excited for this. Um, and I was actually trying to finish this during Black History Month, but I got a lot of deadlines and so this is up next on my TBR. And then one more. Sorry, I can talk about books forever. It's okay, but it's okay. It's good. I'm also reading Cer Cersei, Cers? Cers, <laughs> um, yeah. Cers by Madeline mm. Miller um, about a Greek nymph goddess and a wow. feminist retelling of it. So I'm, I'm kind of a serial reader and I tend to read um, different books at, this, at once. Um, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. but... I love those are such good options. I read The Vanishing Half maybe a month ago um, and it's everything that everyone is saying. So you're not going to be disappointed at all. But now I have two other books that I also need to read. So this is really good. Really, really good. I want to thank you so much for hanging out with me. Um, where you. can where can people find you online? Yeah, people can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Amelie Winjow, just my full name. Especially so, on TikTok, yeah. where you can find <laughs> all of her bake all of her baking videos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really, thank you. This was 